Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos and if the movie sucks you might hear them say there's no telling where the guys will take you get ready for a spoiler won't say it twice cause we're already Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 673, Nightmare Alleyways. Or if you're Kevin, Nightmare. <laughs> the, the Nightmare Alley? Mm-hmm. Nightmare Alleys. Me and uh, it seems like most of the population I hear say it. <laughs> you guys are the only ones that have apparently say it the other way. You mean the proper way? <laughs> yeah, the right I way? I guess. If only it starred Josh Brolin. Yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> Brolin. Brolin. Yeah. Makes everything better. <laughs> the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yes. So uh, I guess let's go around the once again virtual table yeah. and everyone uh, can introduce themselves. Jesus. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. So Kevin and I are in real life, but uh, Joe is joining us via the magic of Zoom, too, because uh, yeah. the the COVID has been sweeping through his workplace. He is fine, Correct. but we're just totally erring, fine. Yeah. erring on the side of caution. You know. I wouldn't say he's fine. Looking out well, for my... from a COVID standpoint. Yeah, that's... From his yeah. baseline, yes. yes. He's, okay. Yeah. I, I don't want you guys to get COVID. Yeah. I appreciate you know. it. We've made it this far, it. Knockwood. Yeah, so far. Same, so same. Yeah. Like, I'm doing the... Yeah. So... But we'll see. I don't know. It's... It's, it's uh, you know, our, our vaccination rate is high, but this new variant... In your department, not in our state. Yes, the department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not anywhere else. The... But I, the... Uh, I went to Boston for Christmas and... Or for for Thanksgiving, and I had one of my friends at work was like, "Should you be traveling during all this?" And I'm like, "I'm leaving a state that's fifty percent vaccinated for a state that's seventy percent vaccinated. Like I, I feel okay about this choice. I'll be all right. <laughs> like yeah. I'm safer going to Boston than staying in Missouri. Are you kidding me? That is an interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, the math checks out. I'm like, Mike. I'm like, just the other day, my kid uh, got detention for covering his mouth when he sneezed. That's what it's like in Missouri right Say now. Say what now? <laughs> 
I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, God. <laughs> but but but, I, but, I, but I, the I, fact that you were like, that sounds true, though. <laughs> I got to tell you, that doesn't sound too far off. I know, because right. you hear about those schools that, I mean, like, first of all, they've got the government here threatening to, to take away money or sue schools yeah. that make people wear masks. And then yeah. you've got other ones that are like masks or banned places or something. So I was thinking like, well, if it's one of those cases where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to take my mask off or something. And then, yeah, see, that's you. That's you. County folks, us city folks don't have to deal with that. Yeah, St. Louis City. Yeah, St. Louis City's like, nope, we're masking no matter what. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and then I work in St. Charles County, which is even more like, yeah. They just shoot you on sight if you try to wear a mask there, right? Yeah, it's it's a different world, man. Like, so. It's the old uh, no shoes, no shirt. No problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in. So uh, before we get uh, too far afield. Too late. Uh, Shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. We should probably also point out that you can now uh, leave ratings on Spotify. So if that is where you listen to the show, um, maybe scroll on up and click five stars. That's probably the most helpful rating right now because, I mean, obviously, if you have iTunes, keep doing that, and we appreciate all those ratings. But Spotify, we need to build up the most. So if you're an Android listener and you use Spotify, that would be great to get those ratings up. So hopefully we can trend and be found on there like we did on Apple so many years ago. Absolutely. So So many years ago. So many years ago. No, you're totally right. Years ago. It has been. It's been like six or seven years at this point. So We did get a review. Oh. oh, well, let's hear that. Unless they were uh, so like, this is, this is from... you woke bastards will be the first with your back against the wall when the revolution comes. <laughs> the, you know what? That one's coming. Yeah. We'll get another one of those soon. Don't worry. Uh, this is from I hate snakes jock exclamation point. Snakes. That's Why did it have to be snakes? Why did it have to be snakes? Uh, five stars. Very enjoyable and entertaining. I would like to hear your thoughts on the new, new, newly released being the Ricardo's movie on Amazon Prime. Uh, I, maybe <laughs> we'll get. A, I can tell you what I thought of it real quick. Yeah, do it. I didn't like it at all. Oh, I, okay. I thought it was a good script. I thought it was just woefully miscast. Oh. I, 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 no point. Oh. Desi. At no point could I believe any of those people. Oh, were, any of them. Any of them were the four. J.K. People. Simmons. Yeah, like he's oh. the who closest. Who's J.K. Simmons? Uh, Fred Mertz. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, but I didn't buy any of them as the four principal characters, I, and it's, and it's a shame because I I love the hit the history of television. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole so much whole time watching the movie, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, oh, this is where this happens, and like, <laughs> like, so did you know that Desi Arnaz invented the three camera setup for mm-hmm. sitcoms, and like, no, like, like, yeah. and so like I and the script was was great. I love the story, but but the cat I could not get past the cast. That's, None of them looked like or acted oh. like they were supposed to. That's tough when they try to cast things to get star power. Sure. And then performances and great actors, they hope equates to Oscars and award nominations and all that. So, you know, they, they're they a little loose with the casting sometime, but that's little tough. Little Yeah. See? Uh-huh. And uh, it's tough because, like, Javier Bardem is a great actor. Yeah. Much larger than Desi Arnaz. Does not look. I mean, but that, oh, you mean physically? You mean, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, star like, power. No, no. Yeah. No, physically, a lot larger, more muscular than Desi Arnaz. He just doesn't yeah. look like him in the slightest. Yeah. He so also, it's like, I always feel like Javier Bardem kind of has like that menacing quality to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like anytime yeah. he's on screen, you're just kind of like, oh, 
All right, you might. It's because of no country. It's yeah, of, I no mean, country. It's hard to shake like that. James Bond, like all that stuff. But that's why I mean, when you when you break out as in a role like that, it's really hard to not get typecast or to be thought of. You know what I mean? That when he mm-hmm. was the the bad hair guy in No Country, I always forget <laughs> that guy's name. I didn't care for that movie. I know. It's oh, movie I think here. that's a good movie. I, like I mean, people love it. It was yeah, just, yeah. it just did not he, work. For I me. think he is the draw for me. Like he's yeah. so yeah. good in that movie. Oh yeah, it, I mean, he's perfect in that. Like he plays that so perfectly, but. Yeah, that's why you remember him. That scene, as, that yeah. scene in the gas station might be one of my favorites. Right, that's the one. Right, that's, that's the a, that's, that's the clip. Scene. Right, that's his so, clip. Oh, the coin flip. Yeah, you know that's yeah, so good. But uh, but yeah. So overall, like I said, it was a good script. I mean, it's Aaron yeah. Sorkin, so yeah. like that. But I just did I, he direct it too? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just did mm-hmm. not care for the, the actors. I'm place. guessing that's. I mean, now that he's directed a couple, written and directed, like I think that's his thing now. Totally, he, he writes them and he's going to direct them. Yeah. And if he can't do it, then he won't make that. Project, that that being that being said, it's not awful. Like yeah. I don't want to make it sound like it's completely horrendous. And all and also, if you don't know the story or know a lot about TV history, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. So like the story might overpower, especially if you didn't grow up watching I Love Lucy. So those characters aren't as ingrained mm-hmm. in your sure. memory. Which as, you got to remember, it's like we're so far removed. Totally. Now. Like I mean, when, I grew up watching the reruns. Yeah, and and loved yeah, them. Too. But I mean, but we so were on did reruns, I, just right? For the record. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> True, but like, so they were already so far removed for yeah. us. It's like now you got to think kids growing up, and and you know how we've talked about before that there's a generation where black and white is just N- non-starter. I mean, yeah, yeah. no, and, thank yeah. you. And also, um, like when I was a kid, I Love Lucy was like a staple of reruns. Where yeah. I think when you were a kid, like it would pop up on Nick at Night Nick or at something night, sometimes, yeah. but it wasn't like when I was a kid. It was it was always yeah. it was like whoever had the rights they built their rerun programming mm. around I Love yeah. Lucy. Oh, sure, sure, like, sure. Especially because there were so many episodes. It only, I think it only ran for like six seasons, but like it produced like, I mean, at one point they were doing like th- like 30 episodes, 35 episodes a season. A season. Yeah, there were a yeah. ton, but I mean, because Ooh, it was like, uh, I mean, it was like live theater, you know, they, they yeah. had live audiences, and so I think it was... And it was a hit, so the network was like, give us more of yeah. these. Another one that's like that is Leave it to Beaver. It ran for five seasons, but they were doing like 39 episodes yeah. a season. <laughs> I because like I remember, I was thinking... seen the same episode twice. I was thinking about Leave... Oh, I've seen that show probably all the way through like four times, because it, again, it was always on when I was a kid, and sure. but I remember... Like not too long ago, I was like, "Wait, it would only ran for five seasons. Why? How? Like, I feel like there are like a million episodes, and I'm like, oh, there are. I looked it up, and and it was like they were doing like 39 episodes a season. Which what's the standard now? Na- well, now it's like 13, but for network television, it's like 22 to 24. There we go. Okay, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, so by modern day network equivalents, one of their seasons is equivalent to like one and a half modern day seasons sure, I, sure. you know or even maybe one and three quarters so, right yeah i mean so beaver wasn't getting a million dollars an episode either. well they were probably also like you got to crank them out while this kid's young right you <laughs> that's know probably true like yeah. you can't do 12 of these and come back yeah uh, it'd be the look stranger, stranger things, things. yeah totally. but they're also probably all salaried so it's like you know they probably yeah, didn't I, know how, I mean yeah they, they didn't have syndication back then so nobody got Rerun yeah. deals or anything. So I mean, if it, it was just their job, like show up. The, I mean, this yeah. is this week's episode. That sounds like they did that's one why almost every week. Wally and the Beaver still show up to like the Williamsburg 
autograph signing <laughs> yeah. convention because they don't get money oh, from the box sets right. and all crazy. that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That from the box sets, even if you buy a season, they don't get money for that? I don't they think so. They didn't have deals like that and back They then. didn't that even think so, about they that. They were just, again, they were just uh, uh, employees. Like, yeah. like you know. So, you just, the being the Ricard just doesn't touch on this, but part of the reason Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, what made them so visionary and eventually so rich, was mm-hmm. they wanted them to shoot that show in New York. Because that's where radio and television was based out of at the time, right? And they, she had a hit radio show that they were turning into a TV show. And all the TV, TV shows at that point were pretty much live, right? And so you did it where theater was done. Mm-hmm. And, and so they wanted to be in California where movies were at. And so they were, they were like, well, let's just film it. Like, why are we doing these live? Let's just film mm-hmm. it. And the network was like, well, we already have a process in place for doing live television. If you want to film it, that costs extra money. And so they were like, well, that's what we want to do. And the network was, well, then you have to pay for it. Okay, then we own and it. And then and then Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz turned around and said, you know what? We will pay for it, but then we get to own it, and yeah. it's ours now. And the network was like, okay, Whatever. what are we going to do on. with this? <laughs> like, what would we ever do with this? Yeah content thanks for footing and the bill. ip because that's right? yeah. like i mean Didn't think like the that live stuff i mean they never recorded it. like so yeah. much stuff is lost this amazing these amazing live performances because, yeah some of the, when you see those oh, old, sure, old sure. footage of stuff and it looks so rough it's because it's, it's filming a, kin- a tv it's a kinescope yeah. which is just a fancy way to say they turned a camera at a tv yeah and right. and this also got them out of having to do it twice because they would have to do it once for the east right. coast of the midwest and then again for the west and coast play it off the kinescope, so, yeah. so anyway they they ended up owning the rights to I Love Lucy. Dang. And then started their own TV state stu- uh, production studio. Desi Lu. Desi Lu Productions. Which then Is that we- still around? No, but Desi Lu Productions gave you, they gave you Make Room for Daddy, which was uh, then changed the, the Danny Thomas show, which was mm-hmm. a huge hit, ran for 12 mm-hmm. years, got rebooted in the 70s as Make Room for Granddaddy. Like, that's mm-hmm. how popular that show oh, okay. was. Okay. Like, um, uh, and then that. Make room for Daddy had a spinoff called uh, uh, called the Andy Griffith Show, oh, which heard of it. did okay for itself. Yeah, yeah. Desi Lou Productions then produced Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right. like Star oh, they Trek, did? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. So I mean, they they were very. So were they still successful. seeing residuals from? Every other Star Trek that comes out after that, I don't know if you know, where the rights are today. Like they might have been crazy if sold off or whatever, but. But uh, but yeah, so dang, they were very forward thinking in that regard. So that's impressive. When did she die? Uh, it was a long time ago, right? I'm gonna say the late '80s or right, or okay. like early okay, '90s. Was, all right, it was that long ago. Now that I'm on the closer to forty she, yeah. to thirty, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> so let's see. She died in 1989. Okay. Okay. And it's like my phone is too slim at the age of dot dot dot. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. Make the font a little smaller. Seventy-seven. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, but then you she, I mean, she had a show on CBS like oh, practically nonstop for like thirty years after after lose because lose, I Love Lucy ran, and then when that was over, it flipped yeah, to the, the, Lucy, the show. Lucy show. I did not like the Lucy, and then show. when that was over, it flipped to Here's Lucy. Was like, that like a variety show? No, it no, was like sitcom. Like she worked Tyler Moore. She worked yeah. at a bank or yeah. some. Okay. So I did not okay. like those. I love Lucy was great. Yeah, I could never get into the the future ones. The what well, they were in color, right? Yeah, the, yeah I just. I mean, not that anything to do with it, you know, but uh, they just Superman weren't. Superman was on her show. That's the first. That's the first. I love Lucy. I ever saw. <laughs> right. <laughs> and only Reeves. probably. But she even <laughs> had. Oh, they, I used to watch that. Yeah, they even that. tried to bring Lucy back in the 80s. She had a short lived sitcom just called Lucy. And it was like mm. she moves into an apartment with her grandkids or some. 
Dang, because like she died in 89. She must have yeah, been, been yeah. up there. Grandma Lucy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if, uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget we were doing those. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, we were. Yeah, we came out of a review into that. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget uh, League of Show Shares. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. If you could uh, join the League of Show Shares, that's the group. That's uh, that would be great. And you can share an episode and actually become a real life League of Show Share member. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week. Chris Valls, Travis Tewitt, Chris Magic Man, Ralph Tribble, Lane Levanway, Heather Sachs, Edward Fairfax, Tammy Sherman Powers, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Cinema Recall, Minorities Report, Spoiler Piece Theater, Vertigay 314, Colby Mack, Geek to Me Radio, Chris Williams, Chris Wilson, Ronnie Castle, Feel and Film, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd Podcast, In Session Film, Invasion of the Remake, Binge Movies, and Matt Naglia. So, Thank you very much for. Did sharing. you mention uh, Chris Magic Man? I did. There? You did. Thanks okay, good. I'm glad yeah. we got glad yeah. we got him in there because he said he's been product. he's been doing the weird. Uh, yeah, I've uh, all of a sudden Facebook, Facebook hasn't been like letting me see everyone who shares episodes, so I don't know what that's. We about. know there's a lot of people that share them, and we apologize if we don't read your name because we like to give that recognition. Totally. But don't stop sharing if you don't hear your name. One, it will probably come back when they update something. But two, even if we don't see it, your friends on your timeline are seeing it. Yeah. So you're sharing the show, and it really does help a lot to keep you know growing the show it's weird because like some of these people are like they're like i am also facebook friends with them so i shouldn't be blocked and you're not seeing it and i'm still it won't it like when i click on it to see it doesn't it like gives you a drop down of who shared it and it like stops it like six people and then it goes and more right you can't and there's no way to click the and more i can't click the the and more anymore anymore So, Marianne and the rest. Yeah, I already went down the I Love Lucy okay, rabbit hole. Okay, we better talk about me down the Gilligan's yeah, 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 no, Island no, no. rabbit hole. Okay. Right. So, Sit right back. Yeah. Calm yourself. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Nightmare Alley. I, so, there's a, there's, a, there's a line with Guillermo del Toro where I have kind of, not kind of, I have not enjoyed his stuff. Hmm. Um, I, we are kind of the only... Um, movie reviewers slash critics who didn't like Shape of Water. That was just us. Uh, everybody else loved that movie. Um, I didn't really enjoy Crimson Peak. Like that was kind of meh. That was pretty critically d- down the middle. I think is that the was submarine it? movie? No, that's what was it? <laughs> I don't think so. That's the uh, haunted house movie. You're thinking of Crimson Tide? Oh, <laughs> thought that was the football movie. I'm awesome. No, well, yeah. Um, but this. This is I really enjoyed this. Like, this this is, is my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. This is like, unlike any because yes, this is like the least Guillermo is, del Toro movie this, Guillermo has ever right. del Toroed. It's not a del Toro movie. <laughs> I think it's because of his wife. Oh, he married a film historian, and I think she's the she like co-wrote the movie or whatever. Oh. And honestly, oh. my biggest problem with del with Guillermo del Toro movies is I think the stories are kind of awful and. I think because well, I visually there's no arguing. Absolutely, that they he's look an incredible. Not, they yes. look great, and we've talked yeah. about this before about how maybe there are some directors that shouldn't be directors mm. that they should be, you know, cinematographers, cinematographers or DPs, and and uh, um, and I don't know. His early stuff is pretty good. Blade, story Blade wise. Two, I think is uh, that's my favorite of the Blade franchises. But Chronos um, and uh, Chronos is Pan's good. Labyrinth, like his early stuff, is, is I th- pretty. I, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth was pretty to look at. I thought it was a bit of a snooze. Mm. Um, the, what's the? I never the cared one? for the Hellboy movies. The what's no, the, those those the bug felt one? like the, a Batman sixty six version of Hellboy. What's the me. bug one they did after Chronos? Is it called Bug? No, 
It's no, like that called... was the William Freakin movie. Oh yeah, which uh, is I'm the orphanage. Good. That's I'm thinking of the orphanage. Well, let's see here. Let me just pull up the old IMDb him, right? as we probably should have. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, did we mention Hellboy? Yeah, because yeah. I said I didn't like it. Oh, why don't you like Cro- anything, Tom? Chronos mimic it... mimic the oh, one where mimic. the yeah. devil's backbone blade to Hellboy Pan's labyrinth Hellboy two. Um, I didn't realize Pan's Labyrinth was that deep into the run. Like I thought, I thought that was. I thought that's what got him Hellboy. That's how I remember that's what that I in my head. Too. Yeah, and then Hellboy Two, Pacific Rim, which again was meh for me. Crimson Peak didn't see. Oh, I thought the original Pacific Rim. We didn't all like that. That was just big dumb. No, fun. we do. I think we liked. I it, wanted it to be funner. Two was horrible. And two was agreed, awful. But bad. one, I like, thought we one, all were just like, like it's him in the bathtub hitting his toys together. <laughs> like, I like the idea of it, but it didn't. It's not something I would ever watch again. Okay. It's literally him in the bathtub because that entire movie is in the nighttime rain. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that whole and, movie is in the nighttime. And then I did not see Crimson Peak. And, it was not great. And and then I I actively Shape hated of Water Shape of Water. Is, ugh. So. The only thing that's good about that movie is the makeup on the creature from the Michael Black Shannon. Movie. Oh, yeah. He's all right. But like the, the, the creature effect for him was pretty impressive yeah because it's all practical which i think is great but this like and also bradley cooper i think has become one of my favorite actors he's really like, good I like didn't, that i didn't realize it until i'm watching this and i was like oh come on oh, and, i mean a star is born well, you like, know he was great in a star is born like absolutely great. but i see his name and i'm like oh that'll be fun but i after this i'm like when i see that his name that's kind of something i'm going to need to see yeah. Does that make sense? Like now, it's a, a it sells tickets now. Yes, for you. he will yeah. sell a ticket for me. Like if they're a Bradley Cooper, he's my Green Lantern for real. It's like weird. If they get that guy a payday. He's your Hal Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from The Hangover, it's I mean you know Wedding Crashers, bad guy. You know The yeah. Hangover. This these kind of roles where he's the jerky smarmy guy. Yeah, it's like that guy can act. I mean, I so I first noticed Bradley Cooper inside the actor's studio asking questions to James <laughs> Lipton, like <laughs> oh, one uh, of his first credits. I I first noticed Bradley Cooper on a CW show called. Jack and Bobby. I've heard of that. Yeah. And it was, it, it only ran. Is that I think, supposed to be the Kennedys? No. And that's what part of why it failed is because it confused people. Cause and it, we've had this conversation yeah. before. So, but, oh, uh, but it was <laughs> yeah. about a kid who like, who grows up to be president and it would exist in two timelines, but they always played coy as to which one of the brothers grew up to be mm. president. So you okay, don't, it okay. was kind of like, which one's going to be president? I don't know. And the one named Jack. And he, he played, uh, uh, he dated the the mother, but the mother was like probably in her forties, and he was like supposed to be like twenty two. So there was a big age difference. Oh sure. And so it wasn't sure like how that. And I really think that he was supposed to have like two episodes and be gone, and they kept bringing him back because he was so likable. Was he on Alias? I think so. I didn't watch that. I believe he was. That's yeah. the best. But yeah, like he, like I, right, Kevin, you're exactly right. Is he was like the 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 jerk stuffed shirt yeah. bad guy in um wedding crashers and then he was kind of like the cool douchey best bro friend, jerk and bro yeah jerk but like the heart of gold bro jerk but now he's he's turned that whole thing around with um uh silver linings playbook mm. and uh american hustle and a star is born yeah um what was the one where he's the chef is it just called chef no, that was it's the John, one called Chef was John Favreau. John Favreau. But, he's he's in a movie where he's like a yeah. I know the one you're talking about. 
and he's, he's really in a he's movie a, where he's, he's uh, John Peters, and that is. <laughs> I, can't, I need. I can't. You need to, to see that, that. Licorice, Licorice Pizza. Pizza. Seriously, burnt I, was the name of that movie. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, and in this, like, he's he's magnetic. He's so good on screen. Uh, and when we he, he has this bonkers character arc, and when you get to the end, and you're just like, oh man, this is. I feel terrible walking out of this movie. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. So this is a remake of a 1947 movie that's based on... Did you on watch the remake? Or did I, you watch the original? I've never seen yeah, the original. I did see the original. Yeah. This is a very faithful adaptation. It may be because Del Toro, if he's married to a film historian, and she helped write it. You know, she's not yeah. one to stray too far from, you know, the film aspect of it. It doesn't seem like an adaptation of the book unless they're both extremely faithful. But, I mean, if you watch the original movie, the beats are very similar. Now, they Does do it change the same way? No, no. This um, The original hangs around for a scene too long. Oh. This one ends at the second to last scene, and okay. the original okay. they try to they give a happy ending. It. Oh, they try to no, they oh. give a happy ending, which is like gotcha. so. Th- this is so much more impactful and meaningful. They ended it there, yeah, because Oof. that's the whole arc. Like that supports everything that you've seen and everything this guy has done, and you know, I, it just this is a great ending. And I I saw that one. I'm like, oh, it is the same. And then I do do next day, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? (laughs) What is this? Like, it's like the next day at the thing. So, or that later that evening. But anyway, Hollywood was weird about dark endings back then. You didn't want to leave someone. They didn't like like, them. And so you didn't get them very often. So yeah, it was just that one tech. Now again, I, this one, yeah, but I mean, now I, you know, shame on me. I didn't read the book end that way. I think it would be Tom can probably do some research. He's good at multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> like, did the did the book and the movie end the same way? It would be interesting because maybe the original was super faithful. But to me, it seems like a movie tag. I don't think. I bet the book was dour. That's just gonna be my guess. We'll see. Books and, are more likely and, to and be I, that way. And I yeah. bet the movie, the studio was like, let's see if we can give them a. Well, maybe things will be okay. Ending. But <laughs> but so let's start off the movie. So they start off with this mystery, right? And yes. so yeah, he's he's in like this uh, shack basically, and he's yeah. dragging a, uh, a a wrapped up body into a hole, and he sets it on fire, and the house burns down, and he kind of he being Bradley Cooper kind of walks off in the distance. So you're uh, like, so right from the beginning, you're like what the hell is this? They throw you into that. And then you're like, who is this? Is it future? Is it past? Right. So you don't know. You question like to me, I was thinking maybe that's a flash forward. Like the, in my head, you know, trying to figure it out before the movie's over. I'm like, Ooh, is he going to kill someone we are going to meet? And that's a future thing. And you're supposed to think it's his past, but it ends up, you know, spoilers. It 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 is the show. Right. Yeah. Also the book does in the same way. Oh, as which what, one? Anyway, as, as this one or as, as, this as, as the movie? Like the, this you know, movie. It doesn't appear from the Wikipedia synopsis. Yeah. It does not have the tact on happy. Okay, ending. good, good. Okay, oh, that's okay, that's good, what good, I'm thinking. And, yeah. and Del Toro, and I feel like that's something to where he's like not going to change that and because he's. I think Del Toro, you know, his movies are. You can read a lot of things into them, right? So, like when sure. you look at Shape of Water, I mean, I know that we all didn't love it, but obviously there's a lot of people that do, and uh, there's we liked it. Well, there's a lot of um, meaning behind it, though, right? So, I mean, they're you know, they're, his his movies are they say a lot, and there's a lot of things that you can take from them. And so, I feel like the type of filmmaker he is with this movie, he's not going to try to give you hope because he just told you this whole guy's arc and yeah. how everything catches I mean, up with also, him. It's and, interesting because he's not he's not a bad guy. Right, like he he didn't do anything uh, that was he doesn't start off very, bad, but he gets. I don't even think he's well, bad, but until he. he 
technically literally does start off horrible. That's the thing. So That's fair. we don't know. But, yeah. But yeah. in the end, once you know, you're like, oh no, he's horrible. He is a horrible person. Yeah. And so that's why I mean, the ending so is so fitting. Because I didn't, I didn't think he was horrible. No, I Joe, he, he murders his dad and burns the house down. He's horrible. I mean, that's that... like not even opinion. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he murders his father. Joe, he leaves the, co- his he father's does. sick on his deathbed. His the, the window father... is left open, freezing. He, he uh, tortures his dad and then burns his house down. And, and yeah, t- that's fair. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's... I'm, no, 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 yeah, I get it. <laughs> you can't, like... I was thinking, like, I mean, when, when, we, when we kind of hear, like, the motivation, it's not like he... It's difficult, right? Like, <laughs> in one world, you can see where he is... This He's an old man. He's dying anyway. And apparently, he does not... You know, he maybe he was really... Well, I'm saying maybe, but now I'm writing the movie for him. He was really awful to Bradley Cooper. And this is kind of like the middle finger to the old man for the way that Bradley Cooper was raised. Well, yeah. And he, and he probably saying it's right. Right. That's the, see, that's the question, right? So yeah, he probably was awful to him. And so that's right. probably why Bradley Cooper turned out the way he is. I mean, of course, but that's the moral dilemma is it's like, well, does that make it right to do that to someone else? Sure, you know, maybe sure, you just, sure, maybe sure. you just leave and say, good luck on your own. Can you get out of bed and feed yourself and whatever? But like, it's the way he did it. No, he does actively open a the window type, in frigid temperatures to, and to, takes the blanket. To let him die. <laughs> and he, you know, burned the body once he was dead, right? So he stuck around and let his dad freeze to death after being tortured and then burned the place down, right? Yeah. It's not like he right. shot him and put him in the hole. Like he, no, you die from cold, like hypothermia. And yeah. So that's the thing though. So this movie, but you don't know that, right? So you're watching this movie and you've got charismatic Bradley Cooper yeah. and you're rooting for him. And you're like, man, this guy is smart. He's just trying to make it. And he ends up at this circus and he gets a job, a crappy job and he climbs the ranks and learns things. And man, See, he's here, skilled. This is, this is what I, this is what I thought is the way that he started to like integrate himself into the circus. I thought the circus, like somebody, like, I thought he was trying to take down the circus hmm. because he starts to, buddy up with uh Rooney Mara and he starts to like kind of pull her away and he starts to he starts to do all these different things where it feels like he's starting to maybe start to break this I mean like can we say freak show because that's what this is right I mean that's what they would have called it back then yeah this is the classic right. this is the classic so, 1940s freak yeah, show you freak know? show you've got right. the, you know, the bearded lady and the small people and the and like everything's the, a gimmick. the geeks I mean it's right. the it is the freak show yeah yeah um and it is a so circus that, they have other things strong men but I mean these are the circuses that had freak shows right yeah. right right so he goes to see the geek and Will James Enstall plays... Geek to Me Radio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh different kind okay different kind yeah okay. Willem Dafoe is kind of the guy who runs the show and he says, if you want to watch him eat this chicken, like you got to pay an extra quarter. So everybody's pitching in a quarter and Bradley Cooper isn't a big fan of the show and kind of like ducks out and he runs into Ron Perlman and another little person. And then he gets, does he get hit in the head? Is that right? And they take him like it's, or he said, Oh, Willem Dafoe, what does he do here? Well, it's a big storm, and he helps out, and they that's right, like, that's they right. Give and him some shelter, give him a job, yeah. yeah, and he pays and him for his work. He's like, but cents. yeah, and I saw you in there watching the geek show, yeah. Um, but he ends up sticking around with the circus, and he like you know he starts working with them. He has he's this... a drifter. He has nothing. He burnt his house down, as we see, and we don't know yeah, why. He's got pres- a radio. He's pres- got a radio, and yeah. that's it. 
presuming that that was the past, which it ended up being. It's like, well, yeah, he's got nothing else, so he's just trying to figure out something. And right. so he falls in with the circus and, and, and makes a little life for himself. You know, he's, he, he picks up on things really well. He's smart. He uh, he starts working with uh, Zena, who's played by Tony Collette. Tony Collette, yeah. And uh, her husband, Pete. Yeah, who is Pete played by? Who you would guy? recognize. I, I, I know him. Just, uh, I, D- David Strathern. Yeah. 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 Who's great. Yeah, he's really good in this. I thought he was. All, okay. I will say all of the there is not a, a bad performance in this movie. This is a this is an actor's movie. Uh, this ha- this cast, because, I, you know, I was going to we didn't run it down, but I was going to be like, you know, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, yep. who we mentioned, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, David Strathern, Clifton Collins Jr. shows up, Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, you know, just scrolling down here, it's like there are tons of people in this movie, and uh, you know, and then get Del Toro's a guy that can assemble a cast like that. Yeah, and for this story, having this caliber of actors, like, I mean, there are some great performances. I this just, is one of my it, favorite it, movies of the year. Yeah, I positively it, love this. Oh movie. man, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, and I love it the more I think about it. Yeah, you know? it sticks and with you. It, it sticks to your ribs. And I liked it, but I didn't love it like yeah. you did. But I kept thinking about it, and then watching the original, and I'm like, man, he did a really good job remaking. Yeah, this. so it. It just it's it's built and it's in, weird because yeah. it's called Nightmare Alley. So I spent the first like forty five minutes waiting for it yep. to turn into a horror movie. Yep, and, and the supernatural. Where yeah, is that? and and I, I think that's a little bit of why. Yeah. it just didn't sit right with me because I'm like, this is Del Toro. What's he gonna do with it? Right. Baby with that third eye. What? What's right, totally. Happen? And then it, <laughs> then it was a click for me. Like, oh, this is just good old fashioned film noir. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Like, yeah. I, like and he's now, a con man. Yeah, it's a con movie. Right. So it's like that at the end of the day, he's just a con man. I mean, a I very get, smart. And I get that the story's always been called Nightmare Alley. I really think they should have changed the I name. hundred like, percent. I, I think it it set it up because I started watching this with my stepdaughter because she loves horror movies, and I was like, oh, it's a horror movie. I think you'll <laughs> love it. And she's just like, this is so boring. Boy, yeah. But uh, they lost a lot of people that wouldn't go see a horror movie. Yeah. This did horrible. Well, when you when, at you, the when box you put Nightmare Alley and then you put his name on it. Yeah. Yeah, Del You're Toro's exactly right. Nightmare like, Alley. Yeah. That's that sounds like Guillermo Del Toro's right. Nightmare Alley. Yeah, like, so well. I I think they really did themselves a disservice. I agree because the movie is very good. This is going to be in like two years. You'll see all those articles where it's like this forgotten Del Toro yeah. movie Gem. is number one on Netflix. Right, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a shame. And and I know it had some tough competition. This is out when Spider Man's out. You know, yeah. obviously we're still in a pandemic, but people people that would love this movie are not turning up for it, I yeah. think, because they don't know. They just right. and, and it's a shame because it is really And I think the people that love this movie, they don't love Del Toro. And so yeah. they they they're Oh, I see what you're saying. Like the people that would love a movie like this are are probably would not gravitate towards his film. His, sure. Yeah, his name resume. isn't selling them tickets. Right. But if you give this a chance if, if yeah. they might have been better not marketing it as a Del Toro. <laughs> well, like, yeah, which which is like it's it's impossible. I don't even mean that to to yeah. to to be like crappy towards him, but just like I think that a lot of the audience that would love a movie like this, like he's the opposite of what they would expect yeah. to deliver a movie like this. And you don't get a lot of movies like this. No, anymore. this this felt like like the way it was shot and the way the dialogue is delivered. It felt like a nineteen forties yeah movie, but like, did a great job yeah. capturing that. Yeah, really everything did. down to the can't like because the camera doesn't move a lot, which I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in that time there wasn't a lot of big sweeping shots or lots of they camera were expensive, movement. you know, right? 
they, right. So you had to do it on the cheap. Yeah. Uh, and that had this had like, you know, there's, you know, when we get to Kate Blanchett and we get to see her office, like her office is really big, like the, the, the set for that office. And they kind of do like a, like a forced perspective where like they're in the back of the office and they're letting you see everything and see how big it is. But there isn't a lot of camera movement. Um, it's just, it's all focused on the performances yeah, there's, and there's, everybody delivers. There's a lot of really good actors in this. And so, yeah, the performances carry it, but it's a beautiful looking movie. The yeah. camera work, it does look great. And, you know, the color and the lighting and everything, the atmosphere of this movie, it's, it's excellent. And that's Del Toro. I yeah. mean, he knows how to make a movie look incredible. I think even for people that didn't like Crimson Peak, I mean, they all admitted though, they're like, it's a gorgeous looking movie. It's, yeah. he, he definitely knows how to fit a, a movie. That's oh, yeah. his thing. Yeah. So, so uh, but yeah, so he, he gets get, in he with gets these in with people P- with Pete and and Zora. Is that right? Zena, Zena, Tony Collette, Princess. Yes, yes. Uh, and we find out that that Pete was a mentalist, and he got a little too deep into the into the world, and he has uh, taken to the bottle. He's a little bit, not a little bit. He's a drunk, and he's to the point in his drinking where he cannot function. Like he is, he just can't, and he's flubbing up on um tony collette's show like you know they have this whole whole gimmick rigged and he can't it's a get coded back and forth where they do cold readings and and they'll hold up an item and well it sh- wasn't coded at this point no this is this is he's like, doing no, the mirror the, the trick paper yeah he, oh that's right that's later on which yeah. is cool that's what he used to do but he's yeah. too drunk to do that but right. he was so good because they had this amazing code but but bradley cooper starts like helping out with the regular thing but right. as he gets closer with pete and he pete kind of takes him under his wing and explains his old act and sees that someone's interested in it so he starts teaching him little by little and then bradley cooper gets but he the won't idea give him the book yeah which i think is cool like Wait, he's got this book yeah but he's like but he's a con man, as we come to find out. I mean, that's what he's good at is, yeah. is, you know, winning people over, using them, getting what he wants. And so he's like, well, yeah, I could just do this. I could use this code. I'm not a drunk and I can, you know, make this my act. And so eventually. So are, are we to believe that Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette have a relationship? Well, like she definitely jerks him off in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they do. Yeah. They, they do. Because. Because yeah. doesn't Rooney Mara say she's like, what about right? Well, yeah, and, and he's a con man, so he says, yeah, oh no, we're just friends. But like, no, they have a sexual relationship. Okay, he's okay. lying That's, to her I, to I, get I what he wants. That, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, but but yeah, and in the original movie, it's the same way. Uh, like the the main character wants to I mean, Stan wants to, you know, kind of promises her things and says, oh well, I could. The whole thing is like, well he hears from the Rooney Mara character in the original that there's this code. She knows a lot about the code. Oh, and then he okay, talks to okay. Zena and says like, Hey, we could do this. Why don't we, why don't you, you know, Pete's a, a drunk and keeping you down kind of thing, paraphrasing. And he, 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 you know, we could use this code. We could sell it and, and start a new life and do all this. And so she's keen to that idea. And so he pretty much steals their at like not steals. He, he, they, those two, leave pete and and use the coded thing oh i see and and they get big but then he notices the rooney mara character and then all of a sudden xena's old news and yeah you know so it's interesting okay so he steals the the code for himself to do with with rooney mara i was a little confused because we get the scene with with uh, willem dafoe where he shows like he's got two different uh batches of alcohol Mm -hmm. and one is like okay to drink and the other is not okay to drink. Yeah, one is wood alcohol. 
does does he purposely so that we get a scene where for Xena's show she uses fire and they burn the card so that once they steal the the note which patrons are coming they're writing something on a card putting it in an envelope Pete is then supposed to read it, put it on a little tablet, you know, an old fashioned, you know, piece of paper. And then through the fortune teller crystal ball, she's able to look down and see what he's written. But for the show part of it, she burns the letter. So it's like, well, I can't read it. It's in this envelope. It's never been opened, supposedly. And now it's burnt. It doesn't exist. Right. So she uses fire in her show. Bradley Cooper purposefully gives it to Pete and kills him because he's a horrible person and he wants to steal his code. So there's a third thing where when he's explaining the geek show, yes. Willem Dafoe says, he explains how, later on in the movie, you know, how do you get a geek? Well, this is how you do it. And so he, you know, finds a drunk and offers them a place to sleep and booze. And then he puts opium in the drink. So like he, they're really addicted to it and they, they find it like they can't leave because they have to get right. that. They have to get that specific. Yeah. I mean, basically gets them addicted to heroin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what he does. And then it gets the geek to do it every once. But I thought, so like to your to your point that he's an awful human being, Yeah, I thought he gave Pete the poison, not the like the bad alcohol, so that he would die, and then he could leave with the book. Because there's a, there's a whole scene where Bradley Cooper is um, like flipping through this book, and Pete kind of w- snaps up and wakes up and grabs him by the hand yeah. and says, what? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was just looking at it. He's like, you can't, you can't do that. He's like, yeah, that's mine, and it's too dangerous. Uh, and then he gives them the wood alcohol and he dies. Yeah. So he, I mean, and yeah, he gets and the book. That's the other thing. But so it's he, a little ambiguous as to whether or not that was purposeful. Correct. Yeah. I guess at this point, but right. I mean, I think looking back, but at this point, yeah, we don't know for sure if that was deliberate. Yeah. When I originally watched the movie, I thought he was just a drunk and drank one too many. Like yeah. I, I didn't read it that way until I saw all the things he did. And then I'm like, Oh, he murdered him to steal right. his code. Yeah. Right. I, I, exactly I think right. that's what happened. Which I is think why it's presented in a way that like, yeah. you could yeah. read it either way. Totally. Yeah. They're rolling through town and here comes Jim Beaver, who you would recognize from Deadwood. He was on supernatural. He was on uh, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff as like the, this town sheriff, he's going to shut down the freak show and, Bradley Cooper kind of hits him with some of the mentalist mentalism uh, and gets him to not do it. So he Bradley Cooper Stan saves the the circus and doesn't get it shut down. And um, he explains how he did it. And he was just like, you know, he had like a lift in his shoe. So I assume he had polio. So he's just he's doing exactly what a con man slash mentalist would do. And he works the mark, basically. And meanwhile, uh, Molly, played by Rooney Mara, is seeing all this, and she's becoming more and more infatuated with him. You know, she's and, she's there. And the... He's made it very clear that he is into her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, they decide to leave. They decide to leave together. They're going to take this this act on the road. Uh, Not without a nice fly. punch from Ron Perlman. I mean, who's one guy I don't want to get punched by? Yeah, <laughs> even like in movies or real life, I don't. No, thank you. That guy looks like he has like yeah the hands like the thing so ron uh, perlman who plays bruno is very protective of molly he basically took kind of took her in he's a her surrogate father if you will yeah. and wants to make sure no one will hurt her and he's you know he's seen a lot of people come and go through the circus and i think he has a keen like he's not fallen for yeah. stan's act he knows he that he's not a good guy and so right. he's like you're not gonna leave with her and then she eventually is just like no i love him and well you know what i mean and so he's just like okay if you if you hurt her i'm coming for you 
but yeah, he, he reads them and, and it's interesting in the original movie, it seemed like they were in a relationship. It wasn't a father daughter thing. Basically Stan steals stole his girlfriend. Oh, stole his girlfriend. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how they changed that dynamic. I liked it in this one. I mean, it wasn't weird. It just, I mean, cause I had, since I saw this one first, it was a little weird, but then it's like, well, but that's not how it was in the original. You right. know what I mean? Like, so sure, like, it sure. wasn't a weird thing. It was just for me. Jarring. I will say there was a moment where I thought the way Ron Perlman plays it, that he was in love with her, but, because he made the promise to the old man, like he wouldn't act on it. Or he's just too old for like, he could, yes. you know, maybe there yes. was something like, but, but it, it, it's pretty much supposed to be a fatherly protective. No, totally, totally. But, uh, yeah. So we, we flash forward five years, something they've taken the, you know, they've taken the act on the road. Uh, they are very successful. They're working two, you know, the big deals, like we're doing two shows a night. They've worked their uh, way up to a theater. You know, they left, yes, and now yeah. he's got his own headline. You know, he probably opened for people, and he's, he was probably working the vaudeville circuit. Yeah, I guess. And then he's got a sweet, sweet mustache. Yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> you know, you'd work vaudeville, and then you'd work your way up the bill, and eventually, like you would be able to spin off if you were successful yeah. and do your own headlining act. And that's the thing that uh, Pete and Zena used to. I don't know if in this one, if they implicitly say it but in the original they do that they used to be a huge vaudeville act right and then oh, pete okay. and then okay. pete got drunk and then they had to just do the circus thing so you know pete was pete's issues were definitely holding their act back and obviously he had a problem and didn't get the help he needed so it's not like not totally blaming him but they were a huge act like they had potential basically they yeah. were very talented and this was a huge thing and that's why stan sees the potential in this um and so it's interesting in the original they talk about getting pete help and in this one i don't remember them really caring yeah, too much no, about getting, getting pete, pete yeah. help was giving them the yeah. poison booze right that's yeah, getting, yeah that's pretty much was. yeah uh so this is where they have a run-in with um kate blanchett where she we find out that she is kind of she's trying to to suss uh stan and molly out and try to, to prove that they are fakes uh and stan has gotten so good at this we think uh, that he even tricks Kate Blanchett, right? Like she, the deal is, is that Rooney Rooney Mara will use coded language to tell Stan what is in front of him without anybody knowing, right? So it's just certain words mean certain letters and things. It's it's Carney speak basically. Uh, can I say that too? Is that okay? I think so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we've said worse. Uh, that's true yeah what's interesting Uh, about this is that this is where you can read into it well i mean at this point in the movie it's like well is there a supernatural element right because kate blanchett has him dead to rights she says i know they're using a code i'm gonna trick them and bradley cooper just completely reads her and tells her everything and there's no way he could have known yeah he's just that good but in the end also there's there's pete kind of says you can't do don't do this certain type of show you don't do a spook you... show like all right that's I what they call it, it but that's right. like <laughs> yeah. like, spook, like ghosts like ghosts yeah. yeah like yeah, i know i know but uh, but yeah uh, like basically like don't use these powers to convince people that there's really ghosts and magic right because, don't cross that line like that's uncool well, and he also says don't believe your and, own gimmick yeah, right yeah. like don't like the problem is, is that bradley cooper has gotten so good 
that I think even he is walking, starts to like, think like, oh, maybe like, I do have the. Power. This isn't a skill. This is a, a power a that I have. Yeah. yeah. So so that's the thing is he gets too big and too confident, and you know he breaks the the rules that Pete has set out. You he know, does, and says don't he does. don't. And do even Rooney Mara is like, look, we should not be doing this. Like this is not okay. And she kind of goes along with it when we get to the judge, but once Bradley Cooper realizes how much money he could be making, of course, as a con man will do, he keeps stepping it up and gets himself into a situation that he can't like, get out of. Like he has a great life at this point. He has, yeah. A, yeah. he has, he's headlining a show. He has this great act. He's making tons of money. He has a wife that loves him. He has everything that he should or could need. He's got the world by the balls. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's never enough for him. And that's the type of person he is. And so he keeps, he needs more and more. Cape Blanchett comes along and he sees her intellect and, and, and also as another means to whatever the next, it's not an ends, but he right. can make more money. So he's, you know, he's yeah. going to try to level up, try to use her. And so he leaves behind this person that loves him in this great life, you know, for Cape Blanchett, just like he loves Xena for Molly. And it's this continuous a cycle you see of greed and power and status symbols that nothing will ever be enough for Stan and you know he flies too close to the sun eventually yeah yeah he does takes yes him, he does so he he gets in with this this judge and he basically the judge uh lost his son in i guess world war one is that right because they're, they're, i think they're saying that like world war ii is just about to it's, start world war ii is about to yeah this is like 1940 1939 is it okay yeah yeah so i'm assuming they lost their son in world war one is what i took it took it as and it's mary steenburgen who i was hadn't seen in, i couldn't believe i saw her in a movie i couldn't i like that yeah, was great i'm like the I'm, last thing i saw her yeah. in. i was like oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. uh and he he He's not being a jerk about it. He's just kind of initially you think he's just trying to give them comfort uh, as to, you know, their son is with them and he knows that you're sorry or that you love him, blah, blah, blah. But the line he delivers is that he, you know, that the son knows someday uh, we will all be together again. And that you think it gives Mary Steenburgen this level of comfort and she's okay and she can accept the fact that he is gone. Uh, that's not entirely true. This um, kind of plays out. It reminded me of like the monkey's paw, you know, like yeah, he's giving people so. their yes, wishes and they're ending horribly. <laughs> and then again, that's why I thought this was going to go supernatural and why I kept building up. It's right. my own expectations, but totally. I'm waiting for Del Toro to keep dropping this supernatural because it looked like everyone he quote unquote helped was dying and going to ha- end up terrible, you know, and I thought that it was going to be something like that. But I think no. it's really interesting. And the, Richard Jenkins was also in Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Like you were oh, saying, you hadn't he? seen him since Step Brothers. I was like, he was in Shape no, of Water. Mary Steenburgen. No, Mary Steenburgen. Oh, I thought you said. I thought you. No, meant, we're not. Yeah, we're oh, not that's to hilarious him yet. that yeah. they're both in Step Brothers, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. It's funny. Uh, so but she was also in uh, Last Man on Earth, which a TV show. Oh, not was a movie, she? But oh, yeah, was she? Had, okay. Yeah, she had a reoccurring. She was a regular on Last Man on Earth. Which I is, couldn't keep watching because Katie hated that show, so we had to stop watching. She just couldn't stand them. <laughs> she could. She just couldn't stand what's her face, Kirsten Shaw. Oh, he gotcha. could, she couldn't. She just that kind of comedy where the person is just always ruining the other person's life and like irritating them yeah. and stuff. Like she just can't stand like that type of. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I was totally into. I like both them and the premise. I'm like, totally. this is interesting. And so, and then I never just had the time to on my own watch it. So someday, 
But this the, this was a fun theater experience because I, I I went to the Chase, which is a smaller like boutique style theater, and it wasn't very full. It was I would say about a fourth full. Mm-hmm. And we get to this next scene where the the judge and his wife are sitting at breakfast, and she's makes this comment, and she was like, you know, I just kept thinking about what he said about us being about you know all of us being together again, and I could hear a woman on the other side of the theater audibly go, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's so interesting that like you give people you never know how people are going to interpret or take things like he gave this comfort and the way you read it on face value is like, oh, they're comforted. Right. We'll sure. see them again, whatever. But that person can take and go like, let's expedite that. Right. Because yeah, I don't want to wait does. to see them again. Yeah. So it's I, I think that's which a, is why the guy says, don't do a spook show. Yeah. Right. It's, like, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. So the warnings are all there. All you know, all the foreshadowing is there. And he yeah. tells them these things. And, and Bradley Cooper, because of the person he is, he just keeps pushing it, needs more and more and more. Doesn't listen to the people with the experience, the people that have been ruined by right. certain indulging in certain things. And yeah, so, so it just keeps getting worse and worse. But yeah, I really thought that was interesting. And it threw me for a loop because i didn't Big see time. that it's a, it's a good jump it's a good it, yeah it's a good it's a good gag you just flash back to them out. and i was like where's this going i yeah i remember <laughs> them okay they, you know and then that happens and that's where i go like oh crap everyone he quote unquote helps is gonna start to yeah hang off. <laughs> yeah and i mean that's kind of he only helps well i helps yeah i use the term loosely two people and unfortunately both of those yeah uh don't make it so like the the the, the judge's wife shoots him in the face and then she turns the gun and it's not like, a, you know, to the temple. It's like <laughs> yeah. straight on to the back, you know, to the front of the face. And it was Del Toro obviously has a has an eye for gore. Yeah. Which he's done before. And these are two really, you know, good little. It looked like it was probably CG. It doesn't matter. Um, I, so didn't look, I mean, didn't with, look. Nothing looked. This movie, again, as far as effects and everything. I mean, Del Toro is great at that. I, nothing yep. in this movie stood out to me like, oh, that's gross CG. Like, no, I know yeah, it all felt very good to me. Uh, so because he helped the judge, the judge puts him in contact with like this. I, they don't really say what he did, but I took it as like he was like a spy for the government. I, I took really... it as though he was this. I thought he was maybe a mobster or something. But what maybe. I took it as is that he was basically a serial killer. I thought he oh. was killing young women. Oh, hmm. that's interesting. I didn't take I mean, it as a serial does... killer. Maybe is he Jack the Ripper. I don't know. No, I just it, it's interesting. I I thought that maybe that wasn't. The There's only... a theory that he's an American. That's why they couldn't. Oh, him. okay. But yeah, I I uh, I mean it, it it's it's vague. I mean they don't explain it to you. But in my thought, I was thinking that he did not only kill one woman. I was thinking that he well he did a lot he of terms. Like he he said that he hurt. Uh, oh, we should, we should anyway. We should say that. Um, Bradley Cooper has to go through a lot of rigmarole to get to this guy, right? He's got to go through um, the, the the big heavy from Mindhunter. I can't think of that guy's name, but um, he was in Mindhunter. He was in Lights Out. You'd recognize him from other yeah, stuff. Yeah, Holt, McCal- uh, Holt McCallney. He, uh, he had like the most Irish sounding name too, and I couldn't. But <laughs> you've seen him. He's one of the guys in Fight Club that uh, Brad yes. Pitt enlists, uh, you know, as part of his project mayhem. He looks like he would be like a heavy for a mob. He's yeah. always. He... He, I mean, he's like the the right hand man bodyguard type guy. You know, always. he's in a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. If you haven't seen Lights Out, I do recommend that. That was a good little show on FX. He was in um, Justice League as Burglar. I think he's the guy in the Snyder Cut oh. that's on the roof that in the first scene or something that Batman that confronts yes, on the roof right. from ever. It was totally cut from the original one, but in the Snyder one, I think he's, he has that. that we con- initially, we thought he was Harvey Bullock. 
Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so he has to get through this guy, and then when he finally gets to, um, but you don't see him as like a mobster type with that kind of protection. It didn't no, seem like he was that. just a businessman. He but like he a... seems so like wealthy and open about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I, that's why I thought he worked for the government. Yeah, or maybe In he's like a bootlegger. But that's now true. that it's legal, he pivoted. But he is, has all that money from right. Me. Something about him seemed. He act to me like I read it like a mobster. Yeah, def, but yeah, definitely nefarious. Especially when he's walking through, like he has to. He walks through like the garden that he built with protection. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. So always with him. Yeah, like I really like this. And when I watched the original film, this character is not like this. He's just another socialite and just another mark for Stan. Like he's he doesn't have a bodyguard. Gotcha. He doesn't seem that intimidating. This character is so different in this movie. And yeah. I love it. Like Richard Jenkins brings so much to this performance. It's, it's a great performance. He's a really and good bad guy. Yeah, he's super intimidating in this. Like He's an older yeah. guy, but he's so intimidating. Yeah. And then with the whole bodyguard thing, really amps that up and the, and the scene to get in with him. Like None of that happens in the original. And this one has a much bleaker ending for that character uh, yeah, because again there's bit. not a bodyguard so there's no one there shooting and chasing and getting ran over like yeah none of that's in it so i think i really appreciate what they did with this and i saw this one first but still i went back and i was just like okay that he was just another character in that one but this is a really good segment where he has to get in and use the information so kate blanchett is a, a therapist a psychoanalyst of some sort and the reason why he wants to get in with her is because he knows that she records all her sessions and he can basically use all the knowledge from her sessions to pretend like he's reading their minds or yeah, whatever, right, talking to right. the people that they've lost, but really he's just getting it from her. And so, you know, he has to do a, he's a working the con, like he's working her. He's well, he thinks he's working her. Right. Uh, just getting that information. But yeah, he gets all this information and he has to take a lie detector test and he's failing it. And then he has to pull out a little a little info that suckers him in, which and he, lets him keep coming back. Which he, you know, he passes the detector test at this part because he knows it's truth, so he's not lying right. anymore or trying to make anything up. And this is again also where I'm just like, is he believing his own BS? You know, like oh yeah, he's passing the test. He's acting like some kind of you know talking like some kind of minister or something, you know, and talking about all the info he's gotten. And I'm just like, is this another part where you kind of see Bradley Cooper like? living it you know like the lie detector is not going off is he believing his own right you know or i think that's at least some kind of like a metaphor or something because lie detector i mean lie detectors are highly questionable anyway but like but but they don't work if you believe what you're saying right like if you have some sort of psychosis and you believe aliens are hiding in your living room right and they test you it's what you believe it's what you believe yeah even though it's still factually inaccurate yeah so at this point he's saying things that we know he's got information but it also shows that he believes himself and it just i think that it's he's at this point you know he's gone from like thinking it's just a grip yeah Yeah, Yeah, he's he's gone down the rabbit hole yeah, he's he's off the he's off the off the rails. Um, so while all this is going on, he's he's like we said, he's developed this relationship with Kate Blanchett, and he adamantly has said, "I do not drink. I do not drink. I do not drink." Uh, and I thought, man, I the scene, this scene here, I thought was so slick, where she stops offering him booze, she takes a drink of it, and then she kisses him. So that he gets the taste of the booze mm. on his lips, and I was like, "Damn!" Like that at that moment, I was like, "Oh, you're effed." That is like good. You, yeah. she's, she's working you, and she has gotten you to drink. 
and yeah. it is and he falls in you know he immediately goes into drinking like he is always drinking from that moment on um rooney mara kind of said like the, the deal is is that oh you know what they they in the original movie see del toro hides some things from me here and i think it's really smart or maybe his wife you know in the, right. her writing they hide certain things that don't give away the ending or his fate if you haven't seen the original or read the book which are which are great in the original movie when he first shows up to the circus and he sees the geek he's talking to people about the geek and they he's like who is that guy oh he he used to be a mentalist but you oh. know but that doesn't matter they kind of brush it aside but basically foreshadowing yeah that this guy was actually someone that had it together was a mentalist drink alcohol brought him down and now look where he's at right which is essentially stan's entire path but right. in this one they implicitly say he doesn't drink they don't mention <laughs> anything about how a someone could fall so far right and so they hide those things to where you don't pick it up on it until the end and then you go back and watch it or discuss it and you're like dang yeah. they dropped all these little clues well and- I, when willem dafoe gives his speech as to how he gets the geek and I was in my head. I'm like, that's coming back. But like, also, how good is yeah. that guy, though? Like, yeah. Defoe so is so yeah. good in yeah. this movie. I, yeah, I will say that. I was like, oh, he ends up being one. Yeah. Like that. Yes. I, I, I was, I'm with you. I called that. I was did just you? like, and I still love this movie. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's where we're headed. See, like, I, I just, yeah, I did exactly where we're headed. I, you know, I, it made me like. I didn't like the Defoe character. He's so good at being a bad guy, and he's such a scumbag. The way that he lures people in and everything. like it really made me hate him and it was like making me think, Oh, well Bradley Cooper's going to take his circus down or something like yeah. to me. I just didn't read into it like that. I think it was cl- clever how they like hit it. And you could see that Cooper was disgusted with, right. you know, with him and everything. Uh, right. and, and Defoe is so smarmy and like taking such pride yeah, in the way he lures. Oh my God. Like, I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it like, Oh, it's gross. And what a great performance. Like this in Spider-Man. Yeah, he's so at good. The same time. He's so good. Um, so yeah. So we find out that what, Richard Jenkins, right? That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Wants yeah. to what he wants to do is if Bradley Cooper, I think, accidentally says, I can get her to I can project, I can get her to show up. Uh well, I and, don't think so. I think the guy, like most people are happy with just these messages or whatever, but this guy, you know, he's gonna tell you what he wants and, and he's given stands so much money at this point and keeps working with yeah. him. And he's like, Enough of this BS. I don't know. I want to really communicate with her like like I want to talk to her. I don't want just a message. I want, you know, I want more. And he's like, you're going to deliver by this date. And that's where this character in this version of the movie is. And so intimidating and everything like he's stuck. Yeah. Like he basically knows that people that uh, don't do what this guy wants end up disappearing or, you know, like they're exactly. So, uh, so he has to Rooney Mara is out. She is out at this point. She doesn't want to do this. And he kind of says like, look, if we do this one last thing and we're out. Like this, we'll have enough money to do whatever we want. Well, she's getting ready to leave him, right? Like, like she's at, getting on it. She's yeah. At this yes. point, it's far past like not we're out. It's I'm leaving you either way. But like, right. she feels sorry for him. Like she knows that basically his life depends on it. So she's yes. like, I will do this one last thing, but then I'm out. Like I think she's done. got a great line too, where she says, "You know, you reach a point in. I don't know. They're sitting in the car and they had this conversation where." she kind of says you you reach a point where you know that you can't do this anymore and he was like yeah yeah what are you talking she's like i'm i've reached that point 
Well, and, and there's all says we're done. Yeah, and there's also this point that we didn't mention where like Zena shows back up, Ron Perlman shows up. Yeah, the old friends from the circus come to visit them, and they see how successful they are and everything. And Zena brings out her tarot cards, which we saw earlier, and this is the same in the original movie. And and uh, she reads them, and she ends up showing him the same card that Pete had, like. She sees. Oh, is that what that was? She sees Pete's demise, the flipped over, the the hangman, the, hangman. the way that it was facing. It fell off the table. Remember in the beginning of the movie. Sure. And sure. she's like, "That's a bad sign." Blah blah blah. So she sees the same card for Stan, and then Stan is like, "This is all BS. You know, this is an act." Blah blah blah. And she's like, "No, I really believe in this." And you know, we saw what happened to Pete, and now this is your card. And he blows up with them. Get out of here. And Rooney Mara he turns the is, card around. Yeah, he's, he's like, like well, "Well, I know I, just, I can." I just, I just changed it. Yeah, like like if it's facing this way, it's bad. Okay, well, I'll turn it the other way. And uh, <laughs> you know, this is Rooney Mara's family, and she she really you know was excited to see them. And he kicks them out and acts like a jerk and everything. And she just realizes how horrible of a person he is, and uh, you know, using everybody. She also found in his little uh, code book or whatever a sketch of Kate Blanchett. So she yeah. knows that he's been infatuated with her and cheating on her. So she's done at this point. And, yeah. and he's like, and she, I need she does, you. She does come back to do the last show. Yeah. Uh, and the deal is, is she's going, you know, they've got this time. She's going to wear a wig and a dress and have like the same uh, wounds that uh, Dory, who is this, this other, this, you know, Richard Jenkins wife at the time, she's going to walk in the distance. He's going to see her. He's going to, you know, uh, Stan's going to make uh, Richard Jenkins like drop to his knees and, pray and then Rooney Mark and run away and we're we're in the clear. Yeah, his scam, his grift is that if you get Jenkins his character to uh apologize and you know ask for forgiveness that he thinks he is going to help him like he's quote unquote helped the other people, right? right By right. Uh, you know clearing his conscience and letting him live a, a happy life, enjoy your money and not be tormented by guilt and everything. But that's not enough for this guy. You know, nope. this guy's gonna tell nope. you what he wants. He, you know, doesn't want to just ask for forgiveness. He needs to apologize to her. He needs to touch her and, and you know tell her he, how like, sorry. Yeah, he, he runs is. up to her and he wraps his arms around her and uh, Rooney Mara freaks out, reasonably so. And he's like, "Who uh, the hell are you?" He looks up and right, he looks up at her, and it's obviously not his wife. In the original uh, movie, the Molly just freaks out and is like, "I can't do this." <laughs> she she blows it. The oh, guy is like, okay. you know, okay, you know, apologizing, whatever. And she is just like, "I can't do this, Stan. I can't do this." And the guy's like, "What the hell?" And they run off. That's it. There's no dramatic oh. chase. There's no. <laughs> punching no or shooting where, yeah. or cars destroying oh, so none of face. that yeah it's so much more dramatic <laughs> and and really impactful to, literally and you know for the movie yeah, in he, this part he so that you know stan freaks out and i mean well, the guy is like no calling way, for his security his you know yeah. he's calling to to get help you know get over here you know and he wants to kill this guy and so stan right. starts and pummeling stan him smushes his face yeah. and kills him uh, Stan gets shot in the process, I think, uh, and they run off and they, you know, they get out of the area and Rooney Mara basically says, F you, I'm out. Well, he just, him... he also says, move over, gets in the car. The security guy is shooting at him and he puts it in reverse and runs him over. Oh yeah, that's right. He does like <laughs> squish that guy too. And this is where, <laughs> and, and this is where I think, I know Rooney Morrow was already done. Molly was already set. I'm leaving. I'm going back home. Whatever. This is the last thing we do. But at this moment, when she gets out of the car, even though there's a dead guy and police on the way and whatever, she can't even be in the same car with this guy. Like yeah, She's like, you're right. a murderer. Right. Yeah. I knew you were you a bad guy. I knew you were a cheater. 
but you're a murderer. I want nothing to do with you. Absolutely nothing. So they, he, I'm trying to think, is this, does he, so he goes to see Kate Blanchett Mm -hmm. and this is the part. He's got to leave town. He just murdered someone and everyone knows he's the connection. Like I was helping this guy and working with him. So, so he goes to see her and like, they kind of, they don't really have a, he's going to get his money. And then she kind of says, I love you, Stan. And he snaps around. And I, that's where I was a little confused. Why does he snap around in that moment when she says that? I don't like he turns it's around been a few like, weeks since I've say? seen it, but I thought I thought he just freaked out when she dropped the money and, and he realized that it was all that he freaks out her for saying I love you. Yeah, like he's she's he's got the he's got his hand in the he's got his money in the bag and she says, I love you, Stan, and he turns around and he was like, What did you say? And hmm. then all of a sudden, like the the reveal is that Kate Blanchett had been working him the entire time. I don't remember. Do you remember that moment? I don't remember I, I wish I, I was more I feel recent. Like, like he like he realized like that that was a con yeah like Initially, you know like, like it, almost like maybe this... she pushed it too far that he was like no oh, you don't okay okay yeah maybe like he's so good at do. reading people yeah. that it didn't seem right and then he picked up on all the clues I think, that, again that it's be been it. i i saw this movie back at the beginning of december yeah. so it's been oh a... yeah i saw it saturday yeah <laughs> but they but but the money falls to the ground and he goes to pick it up and he realizes there's like hundreds wrapped around ones yeah so right. all the money he's been stashing all the money from these people the rich people he's been working with you know he's been holding it there to keep it quote unquote safe well, so we find out the whole time. I mean, she's running a con on him. Yeah. And it's correct. not necessarily a money thing. Like, she is well respected. She has money in a big office, and it's not for money. It's more like she sees these horrible people, and I, you know, it's like a power thing. Like, he he thinks that he's got one over on her and he's using her and she realizes he's a terrible person. And I just right. read it as like, no, she's going to take him down. And and he is. And she did. Yeah. And <laughs> she basically, she did. So now Stan's got, now he's, du- he's on the run double because the, the security is in the, in the building for this place. And so now he's, he runs into a, a, a train yard, hops on a train. Uh, and this is probably the, the biggest giveaway is he hides behind crates of chickens. Yeah, like he gets behind crates and uh, crates upon crates of chickens, and it's like, well, as soon as you saw the chickens on the train, and and it doesn't lead directly into it, you know, so it's a little bit more foreshadowing than just like right. he wakes up and and you know is there, you know, but but yeah, you see him hiding on a train where it's just like, oh, this is not going to end well, not good. And he ends uh, up and, uh, a part of a like a homeless camp, right? And then he uh, has to get rid of the watch in question. This is where we get the reveal that he did murder his father. Yeah, He always wears um, this watch. And it was the last thing his father ever gave him supposedly. And so it's supposed to be really special to him. And we see that he basically takes it off his dying father, who he's murdering by opening the window correct, as he's correct, on his correct. deathbed. Uh, and he gets, he gets kind of hooked up with another, or he finds another circus and he goes and talks to the guy and he's like, I'm, I'm a mentalist. And he was like, "Ugh, the mentalist, it's out of, out of stock, out of, you know, nobody cares. Well, in the time, I'm guessing in the time, like it had been five or six years since they've honed their act. And I think the, uh, you know, the circus has changed. Like this is a different circus. And he even says he's, he sees like the, the, the three eyed baby. He's like, Oh, I bought this off another circus that closed up shop like six months ago. So like the, the, that, that thing is kind of coming to an end and he's buying up the remaining things and just salvaging whatever he can. But yeah, so times have changed and he doesn't really hold the same value that he used to in the circus. Like you're either a mentalist at a theater 
or you're just doing cheap carnival stuff. Like he was able to walk that line right. to where he could do yes. a show within a circus, but people are going for the freak show to the circus right. and they're going to the theater if they want the fancy mentalism. So right. he doesn't have a place at the circus anymore, basically. Uh, and this is who, what this is, I was thinking it's the leader from the incredible, the incredible Hulk. What's this guy's name? Oh, Tim Blake Nelson, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. And he's, and he gives him the Willem Dafoe speech about the geek and he, it's the same thing. It's the same sales pitch. Uh, and Bradley Cooper realizes what is happening. Man, that's it's, yeah. it's oh, so man. good. It is said, unnerving. In the first movie, that conversation never happens with how you get a... I should take that back. So in the beginning, I think Pete is talking to him. It's that real quick conversation I mentioned where he's just like how did the guy become a geek and then Peter whoever it was in the original is just like well he used to be you know something and then alcohol and then he's like he used to be something yeah it doesn't matter and they brush it aside but giving Willem Dafoe that that conversation in this one yeah and then having the guy repeat it word yeah. for it, like he learned it from him word. he had probably that same conversation right. with Willem Dafoe hey you want to buy this you want a, an extra secret for another 10 bucks or whatever right like, he got that exact act from him and when he repeats it man that is impactful yep. and yep. uh but the look at this on yeah at this point Cooper's though face, the way he plays it yeah he re- he knows he realizes like he makes happened. a choice he's like i know what you're doing to me but i'm still going to let you right like, which it, is right. oh which is really shows it's you how the ending low. of blair witch right where they just it, give up yes you're exactly <laughs> right where like, they just never... they're just like this is what it's gonna be like right. there's no we have no control over this yeah it's 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 really interesting and i think uh, such a good ending here because he's he's atoning for his sins like he stands oh, yeah. as a terrible That's, person Harman came back to full you know did a he, complete one 360 literally he's, he's he came mur- back and got him yeah. in the ass he's murdered people he's lost everyone that loves that he's loved and cared about and that cared about him he has nothing less and he's you could argue that he destroyed that circus yeah, I mean, possibly. You, know, you, you, know, could, you could kind of make that argument. He did. He I mean, he that circus he, up. Yeah, I mean, Pete died and then left Xena and took Molly. He took, and he took Molly, yeah. Yeah, so he really is reckoning with everything that he's done. And at this point, he realizes that he is at the bottom of the bottom of, of people and yeah. he's accepting his place. He's yeah. making the choice he to be. He deserves to be. He deserves to be. Yeah, he deserves yeah. to be. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So how did the. Uh, how did the other movie end with its tacked on happy ending? So after the scene where the guy is like, I've got something that you can do. Uh, you know what a geek is and whatever. And the guy and you know, and the stand is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then it cuts to black. And then the next day people are all running around kind of like in the big toward the beating of this one. They're like, Oh, the geek got out. He's going crazy and he's swinging stuff oh. around and hitting people and whatever. Well, Molly that had left him happened to have also showed up at the circus and she's like looking and she's like, Stan. And then she goes and finds him cornered, like, you know, like a cornered animal. And she's like, Stan, it's me, Molly. It's me. And he looks at her and he's like, Molly. And they embrace. And so it's like, you kind of see that she's going to save him and, yeah, and, kinda and he'll have a happy ending. And then, <laughs> and then the very last thing is, and I really like this line though, and it's out of the movie before the, the end shows up. One of the guys is talking to the, the new circus owner and he says, how does a guy get that low? And he got too big. 
or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like basically just saying that he flew too close to the sun. Right. He got bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. wanted more and more and more, and he fell all the way down. So I just really like that, how it's just a, you know, I like that line, but I don't like the stand basically right. saved by Molly. Yeah, the that's, that's, it yeah, reminds yeah, me of the yeah. ending of, there's a John Wayne movie called Red River, okay. and it's really good, yeah. except for the final scene. And they, like, they try to get their happy ending, yeah. and they didn't, they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I like the movie so good. It's like one of the best John Wayne performances. Okay. It's the first movie I saw, because I, I didn't start watching old westerns until I was in my early 20s. And it's the first John Wayne movie I saw where I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was actually a great actor. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? I just thought he was like this big tough guy, and like that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does in a lot of movies. But there but are some act. movies yeah. where he kills it and like yeah. red river is one of them searchers yeah. the man who shot liberty valance i mean there true are grit. true grit yeah yeah there are some great john wayne performances out there but red river is great but the donovan's ending, reef i don't know that i've seen that one yeah <laughs> see donovan's reef it's it's a fun movie it's dated yeah. but it's more of a carefree like he's on this island and he's Got a, yeah it's gotcha but yeah red river if you've never seen it is totally worth seeing because it's the performance is great the story's great it's just they give themselves a cheat to a happy ending which makes okay. no sense gotcha. but yeah but yeah i love this movie this is one of my favorite movies I, of the year the more i've talked about it I, you might have talked this into being my pa- my favorite del Toro <laughs> movie maybe yeah. I, the I'm more i think about it and again watching the original and the original's really good yeah so like seeing how he how they adapted this he and, took a good movie and made it better and, and yeah and 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 really Which is not a it's hard thing. especially with yeah. classics and like this is like it, the original has a criterion edition like it's a well-received film right, right. 1947 and so he took this and yeah really did, made it great and uh you know it holds up and i think that he improved on things like like you said i mean he does they're both very good but like the thing little touches like that that he adds and and changing the ending makes it that much more impactful like stan accepts his place and that is his future like yeah he doesn't get to be saved he's right. done enough bad things to where sure. he 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 understands and accepts that he deserves that yeah but yeah totally worth seeing if i mean if you listen to this and you haven't seen it and you're like well it's ruined for you but it's it's still totally worth seeing. But then it's kind of like watching it, like going back a second time. Right. Now you can see the things that totally. we're talking about and, yeah. and see how mm-hmm. well they're the, yeah. really good movie. So, well, anyway, there I guess go. that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And, of course, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Neff kills Phyllis. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.